The Daily Rios, episode 428, a review of Man of Steel number one. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. The Man of Steel, number one of six. Brian Michael Bendis script, Yvonne Hayes pencils, Joe Prado inks, Alex Sinclair colors, Corey Pettit letters, with Jay Fabic doing the art on the final two pages. This is not a page-by-page breakdown, it's just going to be a review of my initial thoughts after reading the first issue. That way, I'm not bound to do all six issues, unless I feel like it. Or maybe once everything is wrapped up, I'll talk about it uh, then. I just imagined that some people might be interested in the book, even if you're not reading it. So maybe something in this review will either sway your mind or will confirm the reason why you decided not to pick it up. I don't know, whatever. Now, I did not read the short snippet in Action Comics number 1000. Uh, I, I'm not sure why, because I read I read the issue, or most of the issue, but I skipped that little sequence. I guess I felt that it was just going to be a promo for this series. Who knows? But I did read Bendis's story in DC Nation Zero, which had gorgeous Jose Luis Garcia Lopez art. Uh, And there were some things from that DC Nation story that carries over into this story, most notably uh, that Lois Lane no longer works at the planet. She's apparently writing a book. I'll come back to that later. Uh, We did meet a new City Beat reporter, Miss Robinson Good who, uh, in the DC Nation Zero issue, we discover has some ulterior motives, either with Clark Kent or with the Daily Planet, and possibly that she might be able to do something. I don't know if that means in the way of powers or what. Um, Some other little things here. There's something going on with Star Labs, some kind of expose that Clark Kent was working on, and then it's referenced again in Man of Steel number one. And then there's a hint of some kind of separation between Clark Kent and Lois Lane, or maybe even Clark Kent, Lois Lane, and Jonathan Kent, their son. So all of those things in the DC Nation Zero story have uh, some setup in Man of Steel as well. So I just wanted to quickly go over that. So Man of Steel number one, some... Overall thoughts. Okay, now, it's Man of Steel. It has the same title, logo, and font used back in 1986 when John Byrne came over to DC and started his own Superman revamp. Both of those were six issues. Both of those signaled um, the start of a major creator coming over to DC. 
That's a lot to live up to. Now, that makes me think, okay, if they're using that same format and they're tugging on those nostalgia strings, what is it about this series that is going to redefine Superman for not only a new generation, but for a new creator as well? Because that's also part and parcel. Unlike John Byrne's Man of Steel, this one isn't starting from scratch in the sense, or it's not starting from the beginning. In a way, there are some elements that um, feel like it's going to mess around with some of the origin story stuff, but we don't know what that is just yet. So all of this stuff, you know, in my brain, it means something, because I was there in 1986 with the original Man of Steel series. So... That's a lot to live up to. That's a big legacy. And reading this first issue, and this is the reason why it's not a breakdown, but more just a review, I'm not entirely sure we're getting full Bendis just yet. And maybe that's a good thing, right? When it was Burn, it was all Burn. It was the writing and the art, right? But this is Bendis as writer, and Yvonne Hayes is certainly a DC household name by now. So, overall, I'm not certain if I felt Bendis in this issue. And maybe, like I said, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it'll grow. Maybe it will build by issue six. So, my takeaway for this first issue, a very generic surfacey thought, is, okay, this is part one of six. I need more. Not necessarily in a bad way. I just need more. I just need more. There's some dialogue stuff. I don't think this is vintage Bendis. I think this is Bendis playing within the DC Comics universe and playing fair, putting his mark on the character and on the supporting characters, but maybe not trying to fully integrate himself. Maybe not, you know, this is this is Bendis, the writer, writing. This is Superman. This is his dream project, apparently. So he's not going to turn it into Daredevil. He's not going to turn it into Powers. He's going to feel himself out, you know? It's the first full issue. Got to give it time. There are two different stories going on here, or one story and one, uh, you know, ongoing plot. So the big plot, the big thing that is uh, the monkey wrench and Bendis's way to redefine Man of Steel and Superman for himself is this idea that there's this character named Rogal Czar and he is not happy with the Kryptonians for one reason or another. The first issue opens many years ago when Krypton was still alive and this character Rogal is talking to Five characters that could more or less be the quintessence from Kingdom Come or from the Kingdom uh, um, Fifth Week event, where you get these five cosmic beings and they become sort of the um, council. They're called the circle, but they become the council of decision making, right? So they're not quite that cosmic. One of them is a guardians, a guardian of the universe. We'll find out who, which one later in the book. One of them is Sardath from the planet Ran. I'm pretty sure that's him. So that's the Adam Strange angle. 
part of me has to wonder if that's because of the Krypton TV series. Um, And then the three other ones, we don't know who they are just yet. They're not named. There are some theories. People think one of them is Zeus, one of them is Highfather, maybe a Thanagarian. Um, One of them looks like Starfire's dad. So if Krypton is still around and these beings are here, it does make me wonder how far back in history are we going with this? How old are these beings? How old is Sardath? How old is Starfire's dad or is it just a Tamaranian, you know? Um, A guardian is immortal, so that's okay. Um, So we we don't know when this takes place. It just says many years ago. So he is talking to them in a scene that may echo um, the way Jor-El talks to his own Kryptonian council in the movie, in the first Superman movie back from the 70s, right? And Rogel is saying, this is, this is the dialogue, so this gives you a setup for what's going on. He says, the Kryptonians have based their entire planetary commerce around the kinds of science that demand supply they can only get from descending upon weaker planets. If this continues, they will pillage these planets and they, in turn, will be forced to turn on each other to survive. Zarnia, which is Lobo's planet, the Dominion, which are those yellow aliens with the red circles on their forehead, will be plunged into galactic war. They must be stopped before everything we have sacrificed and fought for is warped and disregarded. Only one thing will rid us of the Kryptonian plague and save this galaxy for one more generation. War is not the answer. Krypton must be cleansed, every one of them. Now, in a later scene, while he's waiting for an answer from this circle, uh, the Guardian, who is Appa Ali Apsa, comes to him on some planet and says, look, um, we don't want you to do this. This is the dialogue here. He says, it's important that you know you are not being ignored. For all that you've done for this galaxy, you you were heard. But the Kryptonians have not acted towards anyone with aggression. Krypton must be allowed to rise and fall on their own. Krypton will be left alone. And that's all we get of Rogelzar. So that does bring about a couple of things. Most notably... Who is the Circle? What kind of stuff are they using Rogelzar for? Are they using him for galactic order? When does this all take place? Um, Clearly, Rogelzar has worked with them before, and there's some kind of plan going on, so he's probably not a true villain. However, the way he's designed makes it feel like he is a bad villain. You know, he's like... uh, He's designed as someone who we should root against, right? Um, I don't know. You know, maybe he is just someone that the Circle uses to do their dirty work. And the cost of it is his physical appearance, his mental appearance, his mental capacity. Um, If he is a mercenary for hire, if you want to call it that, maybe this is taking a toll. And he's just being reactionary about the Kryptonians. So we don't get answers, but we do get a little more groundwork for the basis of whatever it is he's about to do through the rest of the series. And it certainly brings up questions about the circle. It brings up some questions about the Kryptonians. And is this history true? Is what Rogel Czar says is true? Is what the Guardian says 
is true. We don't know. We don't know yet. So it's an intriguing story. It's an intriguing plot, an intriguing setup, but it's still just issue one. Now, the Guardian that I mentioned, Appa Ali Apsa, he does have a DC connection. He is the same Guardian that was created for Denny O'Neill and Neil Adams' uh, run of issues on Green Hour on Green Lantern when they were traveling the, the United States. And then he gave up some of his immortality, I believe. He's also the Guardian that was the main Guardian for the Mosaic uh, title. And I guess he was known as the Mad Guardian, although, uh, you know, well, this does take place in the past, but apparently he he should be dead, but who knows. So that's a nice little throwback there. In terms of the main story, there's stuff that goes on. Superman um, goes up against Killer Moth and Firefly in an interesting sequence that gives uh, kind of a new twist on how villains behave in Metropolis to the point where they should know better than to say certain things like give me the money or I'm going to kill you because Superman is listening. Um, Then he goes and helps out with a fire. He meets a new deputy chief, a new deputy fire fire chief, uh, a transfer from Coast City, a redhead named Melody Moore. So now we've gone from double L's to double M's. You know, Superman has progressed. Uh, She's a redhead. Made me feel like she's a redhead like Lana Lang. There might be something there. There's something about the fire that Superman brought up. We don't know what that is. Um, There's something about as he's listening to his city to see where it is he needs to go to help. He hears a song, but he can't quite place the song. So that has to be something. That can't be put in there just for no reason. And then eventually he makes his way back to the planet. There's a real kind of sadness to Superman and Clark Kent in this issue. Almost like it's hearkening back to the way he felt when he was more alien than Earthman. And, um, you know, he addresses the people as the people, not like my people, but the people, almost like the people of this world. I'm sure this has something to do with the separation with Lois. At the end of that sequence where he is inspecting the apartment that he saved or, you know, he he puts out the fire and then he goes back in to inspect the apartment, we get this little dialogue snippet, and this is where it really does feel like Bendis, where uh, somebody says, Dad, what is that? And then somebody says, Clark, and then again, Dad, what is that? Um, At first read, I thought it was a flashback sequence to maybe... Clark remembering his time with Jonathan Kent. And then I thought about it and I said, especially when you see the last two pages, um, I feel like, oh, it's probably whatever it is that happened at the end of this issue and whatever whatever is going to happen at the end of every issue. So at the, the last two pages on the, at the end of every issue, uh, at least through issues one, two, three, maybe four, Jason Fabic does the artwork and it's telling a different story. It's, it's telling the story of what happened to this family, Clark, Lois, and young Jonathan. So in the DC Nation Zero, Lois is assumed to be off writing her book and everybody assumes there's some kind of separation. Well, I feel like there's something else going on here. Maybe she is somewhere else. And there are preview pages 
of what's to come and some of the issues. So this bright light that they see at the end of this issue, it means something, and we're going to find out next issue what it is. And I think it's more about, you know, more about Lois and maybe even Jonathan needing to do some kind of adventure or mission and not Clark. So it's not a separation. I think it's merely just um, he doesn't know where they're at. So I think it. I, I think it's going to be something like that, but we'll see. So all of that kind of gives the Superman mythos a little bit of a restart, right? It's a Clark without Lois. It's a Clark without his family. Um, there's this threat looming in the background. Um, maybe something that will make Superman question his Kryptonian heritage. Um, so it's a nice beginning. It's it's there's not a lot. I'm not well. I shouldn't say that. There is a lot. I think there's a lot to kind of give the readers a chance to uh, come in, come in for the ride, come into the story, especially new readers. Right? He's not trying to dump uh, tons of mythology on us just yet. The artwork is beautiful. I always love Yvonne Hayes and Joe Prado's artwork. Um, I like their panel layouts. I like that they take time between bigger panels and bigger imagery and smaller imagery. Um, good, good face acting. <laughs> There's a lot of emotionality on these characters. Um, in terms, in terms of Bendis's writing, um, as I said, it's not, if I didn't know who the creative team was, I'm not sure I would have guessed this was Bendis writing. There's nothing in it that is, you know, truly indicative. And and I've seen some reviews where people are saying things like, oh, you know, this is totally Bendis. Look at all the dialogue. And this is totally Bendis. Look at all this back and forth David Mamet stuff. And I'm like, okay, you clearly haven't read David Mamet as I have. And um, it's, no, you nobody is this well-versed in Bendis scripts that they could just read this cold and go, oh my God, this is Bendis. So, um, you know, because I feel like in the in the sense that he's using a lot of DC mythos, hell, this could be Kurt Busiek. This could be uh, some kind of mashup between Mark Wade and and, you know, Jeff Johns, you know, like it's no. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. Now, one of the things I did read that might speak to this being a Bendis story is the notion of. You know, this outside character messing around with the origins of a main character, because apparently that is something that he has done before. But who hasn't done something like that? I mean, that's that's every that's J. Michael Straczynski when he went on Spider-Man. You know, that's um, the way they changed Tony Stark recently, changed his parentage. I mean, this is part of comics and uh, I can't fault them for that. It, what'll really what it'll really come down to is how it plays out by issue six and what it means for the rest of the run, I feel. So, yeah, I, that's really all I have to say. Um, if you've read it, let me know what you thought, um, especially if you're like a huge Superman fan. I'm, I'm a decent Superman fan. I haven't read it for a while, but this didn't feel out of the ordinary. It didn't feel different. It didn't feel like it couldn't be a Superman story. Um, if you're not a Superman fan and you pick this up, did it work for you? And if you're someone who stayed away from it, you know, are you going to continue to stay away from it? Are you curious about it? You know, let me know. Peter at thedailyreels.com. So as I said, this was just a review of the first issue. I'm not even sure how cohesive my thoughts were, but I just wanted to say something about it since it, you know, it was a big deal. Um, 
I'll decide as I read each issue, because they're coming out weekly, if I want to keep talking about it or if I just want to save it for the end. So if you have any thoughts on that, let me know. Again, Peter at thedailyrios.com, or you can leave a message on the website at thedailyrios.com. Follow me on Twitter, Peter J. Rios. This has been episode 428. Talk to you soon.